And welcome back. It is week three of Flight School. This week's episode is called Hoedown Throwdown. For what will be some very obvious reasons as we move along. I'm here as always with my, my co-host Sean. And while there's not a ton of major points this week, the ones that are there were pretty heavy. Sean, how'd you enjoy this week's episode? Uh, you know, personally, I struggled through this episode just due to prior events of the previous night. <laughs> this probably won't be my best effort, but all great, all great people in history have had days like I'm having today. <laughs> I'm going to relate this to the Michael Jordan flu game. This is going to be the Sean Kosky po- podcast with <laughs> flu-like symptoms. <laughs> yeah, it's... This might not be a topic you necessarily want to discuss to begin, but uh, the show started, not shockingly, with recapping of the champagne drama, which probably doesn't sound amazing to you right now, but I actually think you could rally if need be. But the recapping of the champagne drama was about everything you thought it would be. People took sides. People pretended to be sympathetic to each other. And in the end, Hannah and and Kelsey still just don't like each other. So we're going to kind of gloss over that. And we will just go right at it with uh, Victoria P. getting the date card. She's come a long way since traumatic teacups. To where she's now earning date cards and appears to maybe be a front runner. The date starts with a cowgirl and cowboy theme. And I'll be honest, this one was a little bit surprising to me. Only because I never pictured Pete to be a line dance enthusiast like he is. Of all the things I pictured Pilot Pete to be, being a guy that was heavily into country westerns was not something that I ever predicted would happen for him. But we come to find out that they visit the cowboy store and... Apparently, Pete is just a massive line dance enthusiast. Did that come as a surprise to you at all? Yeah, no. Um, you know, Pete's a weird cat, so I, I don't. I kind of expect weird things from him. You know, real quick, I just want to shout out Oakley and T-Bone. Uh, due to the <laughs> events of last night, we are moving the podcast from our previous location into my <laughs> kitchen. So, uh, if I'm running around, I'm handing my dogs treats, trying to shut them up, let them in and out. Uh, if you hear any random barking, don't worry. Everything's okay. It's probably just a normal human doing normal human things outside that my dog sees. <laughs> Quite frankly, if a car drives by, this podcast might get blown up for a minute. <laughs> or maybe they just agree with our points. Yeah, they are big fans of The Bachelor. They tune in every day with me that I watch. So, yeah, But yeah, with Pete being the California pilot guy... Like, I could have seen him busting out a surfboard or something. The country western theme threw me a little bit. Hey, each their own. Yeah, I was a little thrown off, too. Um, I always wonder at these things. How is it that everyone's so coordinated when they finally get to the line dancing? Like, there's no way that Victoria P. wasn't prepped for this months before. Like, they've had, they've had to have this well-rehearsed because uh, she was quite good out there for only learning... Two hours before. Yeah, there, there was probably more preparation than the producers cared to let on. 
The other thing that was pointed out to me by Kelly was, I'm pretty sure Pete was the only guy in the bar. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't really locked in, so I wasn't, you know, focusing on the finer details here. But, uh, you know, stage thing, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the only guy. Uh, It's just a little weird. I don't know. Yeah, I just feel like it adds some weird dynamics. Um, and also, what if he'd have looked over and so, some new girl in a cowboy hat caught his fancy? Can he, can he just throw her in the house? How, how would have that worked? Yeah, I mean, I think it's open season right now. I mean, I mean we almost threw Hannah Brown back in the house. Uh, I, I, the more I watch, the more I begin to just think this whole thing is anarchy. Yeah, like you said, it's a purge. It's a purge for love. <laughs> Anything goes. And then, so they have a pretty good time line dancing. They they enjoy the country western bar. They, they're clearly vibing here. And then we transition over to the pilot hangar where a little more formal. They're having dinner. And that's when the serious talks heat up. We learned that Victoria P's mom had addiction issues and she had to help raise her sister. And it led to some very serious conversations. You can definitely feel them getting closer. Probably his second best connection since Madison. Yeah. Uh, definitely. My dog's distracting me right now. Uh, he's already eaten four treats since we started this podcast five minutes ago. So over under at 17 and a half for this hour podcast, how many he's going to get. He, he's running a marathon this week. He's got a carbo load on Sunday. I don't, I don't think he's slowing down anytime soon. But... Yeah, um, Victoria P. definitely opened up a little bit. You know, it seemed like she talked about her father dying, her mom had type of addiction, and basically, you know, she had to be the main caregiver for her younger sister at such a young age. You know, your typical sob story that everyone likes to, you know, float. Uh, you know, everyone, everyone has issues in life. Some people try using those issues as advantages and here Victoria P definitely got some sympathy from pilot Pete uh you know never wish a worse on anyone but uh, I always find it awkward when you know they just randomly start talking about this like and here we thought teacups were her biggest childhood trauma right right but apparently that was a walk in the park yeah apparently your mom had time to take you to Disney in between her addiction problems like how bad of a childhood did you really have, Victoria? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to throw that a wow. Uh, either way, it clearly struck a chord with Peter, and Victoria ends up being makeout number one of the night. And the, the date closes with her getting a rose, so it clearly went well. And then they end up in a plane... Doing whatever was needed in said plane to close out the date. So it clearly worked for her. I think she was also one of the first ones to say that she's falling in love with Pete. I, I, I haven't been counting, but episode three, I'm pretty sure that was the first one I've heard that she's fallen in love. Yeah, there there have been some allusions to it, but nobody has come out and just broken the glass ceiling like that. So, yeah, she did say she's falling in love, so... Now we got that to watch for. 
Meanwhile, over at the house, Kelsey and Anna Ann, in an attempt to make peace, decide that they're going to meet. <laughs> Did you leave the dog treat box open? <laughs> I left it open and closet open. <laughs> Speaking of struggles, your dog is going to be addicted to milk bones by the time it's said and done. He's 10 years old. He's gotten hit by a car. He's had two ACL surgeries. He's missing a tooth. He's earned it. He's earned <laughs> he's earned every one of those milk bones he's he's getting. <laughs> uh, circling back, Kelsey and Hannah Ann choose to meet because maybe that's going to make peace, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we both agree that probably failed. Yeah, it was, it was really just kind of a waste of time, honestly. Somewhere in there, it became no longer about champagne, which... I feel like if it's no longer about champagne, you like each other. But the word bullying was apparently very offensive. And then when Hannah Ann pointed out some of the mean things that Kelsey said to her, Kelsey became offended and said, oh, we're talking about this now. I'm not sure what the problem is anymore if we just dismissed all those points. Like, like each other then. Yeah, we need to really close up Champagne Gate. It's getting a little ridiculous. Uh, Kelsey is definitely just digging her own grave here. Yeah, I thought she was just going to get bounced and then this could maybe be over. But she didn't. And the damnedest thing with all of it is, prior to this, Kelsey wasn't that great of a character. Then Champagne Gate happens and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is our Corinne who, in my opinion, is the gold standard for great TV with The Bachelor. And maybe we'll have this great, crazy rivalry, but I think they're just going to both sit in the corner and silently hate each other the rest of the season, and that's going to be boring for everybody. Yeah, I could see something like that definitely happen. Honestly, Hannah Ann is trying to stay away from the drama, it seems. And separate herself from the early couple episodes, which I think is a pretty good move. Kind of just locking her up in the, you know, my prediction of being one of the final four. She just kind of has to, it's like playing in the ACC. She's like Clemson, okay? <laughs> she could just slide through the whole schedule, show up to the finals, and she just has to win one big game. She just has to bring it for two big episodes at the end. And if she does that, then she's in a pretty good position. Yeah, I think we both agree between her and Madison, that's that's half the final four unless something insane happens. Yeah. Uh, so clearly there will never be, be peace between those two. It's whatever. If they were all friends, it'd be boring. Uh, but just when we think that, oh, the, there's going to be no drama this week, the entire house starts turning on Alea. And everyone starts talking about how she's fake and... Really just kind of came out of nowhere because she was kind of a nobody the first two episodes, I felt like. She didn't really have a big presence on the show. Yeah, she, uh, you know, I'll admit she was one of my final four that I predicted after the first episode. But as I've made it known before, I go strictly off of looks for my predictions. And there's no question. Well, actually, there is some question. I'll get to that in a minute. But um, 
yeah, I, I, I was kind of surprised. It was like, I was still wondering if I was still drunk or did I pass out and miss something because I just didn't understand where it was coming from. Uh, you know, like I said before, uh, my mind was not right watching this episode and that just confused me even more. In all honesty, I don't know that whatever activities took place prior to really affected your perception there. I think they, I think you were pretty accurate. But either way, they turn on her and a lot of drama ensues, a lot of backbiting, which that's the Bachelor we know and love. And that leads us to the group date where the house is woken up by one of the all-time popular contestants, Demi. She returns with two friends named Champagne and Killer. Maybe they're pro wrestlers or something. I'm not really sure what their role in life is. or and I suspect those aren't their real first names. It's like their stripper name. You never- can't, you can't <laughs> rule it out. Stripper or wrestler? Yeah. And that leads the group date to a pillow fight at a saloon. And not a shock, but Tammy, the high school wrestler, appeared to be just dominating everybody. At one point, I think she got disqualified because she just speared somebody, which I'm not sure what the official pillow fighting national organization rules are, but I guess she broke them. Yeah, it seemed like it was just open season, and then suddenly they said, nope, that's illegal. Um, Not sure exactly what was going on there with the rules, uh, because at one point it just really turned into a wrestling match with pillows in the arena. Yeah, and somewhere in there, and I thought I kind of thought she got her ass kicked, but Alea won the tournament? I don't know how they determined a winner. Not sure most of Bachelor Nation cares. And I didn't really feel like doing the legwork to find out the scoring system. So Alea won. She was facing off against Sydney, right? She eventually defeated Sydney. And I think she won by DQ against Tammy due to the spearing incident, which I guess you can't spear people. But so Alea wins. And she's clearly the new villain. Like, the conversations in the house all appeared to be leading towards it. And then this was what cemented it. But she wins, and in congratulations, she becomes makeout number two on the night for Pete. Yeah, you know, um, just kind of backtracking to the beginning of this date. Uh, you know, prior to the pillow fight, Correct, because this is what we're on right now, where they go in and they, that's where they woke them all up in the yep. morning, correct? With the champagne and killer? Yeah, Demi, champagne and killer, which I thought that was pretty funny. I thought it was going to be a little more to it than that. Yeah. I thought Demi was going to play a bigger role this episode, and really after the group date, she didn't. Yeah, but you know, just this is one of my issues and one of my complaints, okay? There has to be a part of the episode where Peter goes up and sees these women these women without makeup on. There was a point where Alayla, Lila, Alea, Alea, Alea. There was a point where Alea popped on the screen where she was not wearing makeup on. And I'm like, who the fuck is this girl? 
I'm like, who is this? <laughs> I, it looked nothing like her. And, you know, I know later on, and we'll get into it, they have a little pool party. But if I'm planning a date, my first date is I'm taking all these little, the, all these women into a, the ocean, the pool, or whatever, into some, maybe I'm just taking a hose and I'm just spraying their face and I'm seeing what's underneath because <laughs> it's truly unbelievable how much makeup can do to mask someone's true looks. And now I'm questioning everything right now. That made me question, <laughs> question everything. <laughs> yeah, you never know what's hiding. Pete definitely doesn't. But the day continues on and they end up at a nice hotel for drinks and Alea and Sydney kind of have a pretty solid confrontation where Sydney calls her fake. And then Sydney goes and tells Pete, yeah, Alea's playing you. Alea's fake. And then Pete calls out everybody, which Pete, for being a guy that doesn't want drama... If you meet with Sydney and then immediately call out Alea for the thing she told you about, she's gonna figure out that maybe Sydney was the one that told you about this. Well, you know, he actually called out Sydney and he's like, you know, Sydney, I've heard from people, you know, that some people might not be here for the right reason. And she goes, Sydney, you know, I just want to get this out and open now. And he kind of just paused and I'm like, Pete, are you, are you telling her to just call out Alea right now? And she did. She called him out. Yeah, it's... And so now, clearly Sydney and Alea hate each other, but then it all pays off because Sydney gets a rose. Yeah, what a slap in the face to Alea. Like, hey, Alea, I know that Sydney's been talking shit about you. I know that she <laughs> hates you, and she says that you're fake. Alea comes back and goes, oh, you know, Pete, no, I'm right here, whatever, yada, yada. Right? So what does Pete do? Boom! <laughs> Hands of Rose to Sydney, basically fucking whipping out his, you know what, and smacking Alea in the face with it. It's a hell of a graphic description there, but I can't argue with it. Um, also to be noted on the group date, and I really don't remember anything about this other than I put in the notes, but Kelly, who we knew from, pre- from previous times, make out number three. So Pete is still going strong there. Tonsillitis will be coming soon. I think your theory from week one is pretty strong, though, at this point. There, there's just penicillin, penicillin everywhere, everywhere on set, and everything will be fine. They probably make pro- protein shakes with penicillin in it. Yeah, I, I think everything's just going to play out fine, and we're just, we got to stop worrying so much. But So Sydney gets a rose after all that, and ended up being a pretty well-played thing for her. So I guess be happy for Sydney. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about Sydney as a character just yet. So congratulations. Uh, if you want to come on the podcast and discuss, we would love to have you though. So they all get home and this leads us to the pool party. And next thing you know, every girl in the damn house is calling out Alea to Pete. Like, if this was a democracy, Alea doesn't even make it to the edge of the pool. I also want to point out, nobody freaking went swimming during the pool party. Yeah, I was going to say, that was the lamest pool party I've ever seen in my life. If, and, you know, it goes back to my initial point. 
These girls would lose their faces if they went swimming. It'd be over. They'd get sent home if, they, if Pete really saw how ugly some of them really are. If I'm Pete Weber, I look at Chris Harrison and I say, Chris, I'm handing you a rose right now. If at any point during this pool party, one girl screams cannonball and dives in, just give it to her. Give it to her. She's earned it. Yeah. Just one girl, scream cannonball, t- tuck the knees like you did as a kid, dive in, and you're moving on to next week. Yeah, no, I, I, none of these girls really... It was just a lame pool party. There's really not much more to say about it than it was basically just a way for them to just have conversations and finish out the episode. Yeah, just... Um, they, they kind of mailed this episode in a little bit, and no, you know, I don't think we're mailing this in. I think we're just reacting. But somewhere in there, we find out that Victoria P was Miss Louisiana at some point. Yeah, she was brought up. I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I, I, I don't remember hearing that at all. But I'll take your word for it. Yeah, she was on the pageant circuit with Alea. This is kind of a fun way to do an episode because I feel like I'm informing you as we go along. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm, it's like I'm finally seeing that episode. <laughs> so it's kind of nice seeing the light go on for you as we talk about it. So I feel like I'm contributing to your life here. Um, in the midst of everyone throwing Alea under the bus, we learned that Victoria P was Miss Louisiana, and somewhere in there, her and Alea met on the pageant circuit. And Alea did not want the producers to know that they knew each other. Which, I don't think the producers gave a shit. Yeah, you know, I would think they would do their own research and have to figure out that, okay, I have one model right here from Louisiana, one from Texas. They both won. What happens when one model from Louisiana wins Miss Louisiana, one wins Miss Texas? Guess what? You go for Miss USA. They're border states. They've met. Is Louisiana bordered with Texas? I think you're. I think. Let me inform you on something right <laughs> yeah. now, okay? Southeast Louisiana, Texas Southwest. I think they're close to touching. There's a reason I only substitute as a as a substitute as a teacher back in the day. They're not far. Maybe it's Arkansas. So either way, all this builds up, and this feeds into my theory that I don't think Pete's going to finish the season. But Pete goes home early because he's just too overwhelmed by the drama again. Oh, poor Pete. Like, there comes a point, Pete, where you're just not, you ain't built for this. Like, I hope they have a sub ready. Yeah, you know, Pete, Pete. It's still a hard guy for me to get a grasp on. I feel like I feel like he'll end up, you know, picking like a safe choice, Madison, like I said, and it might work out. But I just I just don't know about Pete in this whole season so far. Yeah, I I I just don't even know. He's, I guess he makes for good TV because he's so easily overcome by the drama. And so it adds to even more drama because then we have to follow Pete around. Like this is the thing, Pete, it is your damn season. Take control of the season. 
Okay, you let these women, you know, run run every episode. You let them dictate who you're keeping, who you're sending home. I'm sure you're making letting the producers dictate who has to stick around. Okay, Pete, there is no reason Natasha st- should still be here right now. And that's I, I had to get that <laughs> off my chest. Natasha needs to go home. There is no reason she should be here. Apparently, we're just going to ignore the term "sexy pilgrim" again. <laughs> but I guess that'll be yours in my fight till it's over. So either way, Pete eventually gets his life together to the point that he get he can go through a rose ceremony, and this is where it gets heavy. And now I'm curious as to whether or not I'll be surprising you. But Kelsey gets a rose. I was a little surprised there. But good. I was really surprised she was the first one to get one, too. Then Hannah Ann. Natasha continues her pilgrimage towards the top. Mm. Lexi. A little bit of a surprise seeing as Pete forgot her name last week, but at, at this point, I think he might just be keeping her along to be like, hey, I'm not that big of a jerk. I just forgot your name, but I didn't forget your heart. Madison makes it, which is the least surprising thing you could ever imagine. I think, you know, that was just a classic case of, I don't want to say Madison first because that makes it very obvious of what's going on here. So you take the girl that you actually like, you throw her in the middle like she's just some random hoe that you're trying to, you know, keep around that you don't really care about. Um, oh, she was makeout number four, by the way. Madison? Yeah, that happened during the pool party. Uh, Cheyenne kept going, even though she kept bitching about the fact that she didn't get any time with Pete. Cheyenne needs to go home, too. Kelly made it. Um, she's, I think she's made out with Pete in all three episodes. Kira made it. Tammy made it, which I would have felt bad if she got disqualified from Roses and from pillow fighting. Savannah makes it. Not much to say there. Deandra, Deandra makes it. Deandra, <laughs> you got me in the habit now on that. And then we get, we get pretty high stakes here as Pete gets down to two rows, and Alea's still there. McKenna's still there. McKenna's freaking out the entire time, and I'm sitting there like, have some confidence. The way you ended last episode, I'm pretty sure he's keeping you around. Right. But. Well, here's my thing with McKenna. Like, she's freaking out. McKenna, girl, you're 22 years old. Okay. <laughs> Relax. You don't want, trust me, you don't want to win this show. The best thing that will ever happen to you is that you lose this show. You are, you're already getting some fame off of it. And you could end up in paradise in the next two, three seasons if that's what you choose. Oh, she'll be a bachelor in paradise person for right. sure. I think the amount of Bachelor in Paradise candidates on this show is astounding, actually. that They, they restock the shelves for years. Oh, yeah. And, <clears throat> and you see that Pete's really conflicted. And Chris Harrison, being the diabolical psychological mastermind that he is, takes a rose off the table. And Pete sends McKenna to the next round and Alea's going home. Let's not ignore the fact that Pete walked off like a little bitch. Once again, he was overwhelmed, which overwhelmed might be the theme of this podcast now. I'm 
flight school, the name might change to I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, I can't imagine how he's a pilot because I'd hate knowing that my pilot is so soft when it comes to stressful situations. Yeah, I would not feel good in turbulence there. No. But there's never any bad weather in California, so it'll be fine. Um, so Leia gets bounced. Much to the happiness of the house, but... You know, we're left with a little bit of a cliffhanger there. And her words to Pete of, I hope this was your decision and not just theirs. You know, you know that's the type of thing that is going to haunt Pete till the end of his days. Because that's how Pete rolls. Oh yeah, Pete's already freaking out about it. Even talking to the producer at the end. Which, you know, that producer sounded young. You know, she was a woman. <laughs> Maybe there's something going on there. Maybe Pete's working with the producer in the background. She seemed to care awfully lot about him. I mean, that would feed into my theory that one day Chris Harrison's just going to marry one of the Bachelorettes, so... Chris Harrison should be the Bachelor. How legendary would that be? I th- there's no doubt in my mind that at some point, he's just going to step in when it's the final three and just be like... Insert bachelorette name here. I've established that none of them are good enough for you. That said, I've been meeting with my friend Neil Lane, and I have this fabulous ring. And he's just going to declare that they're married. And seeing as he's registered as an officiant, I'm pretty sure he can just say that it's already done. (laughs) Easy as that. So that's coming. Probably not this year, but it's coming. Um... So that kind of wraps up that episode for this week. And uh, obviously there's, there's some real, real rockets out there in the previews for next week. But at this time we are going to go to our weekly segment of, can I steal you for a minute with my fiance Kelly and her instant reaction to this week's episode. And here we are back week three segment of, can I steal you for a second? With my lovely fiance Kelly, and we are getting some instant reaction. Show just ended a minute ago. What are your initial thoughts? Well, I got a lot of thoughts. Let me be honest. I suppose the first thing that I want to say, picking up where we left off from last week, I am glad that it appears finally Champagne Gate is behind us. I think that's an important step in the right direction. I, uh, Found it quite humorous, though, that as Kelsey and Hannah Ann are having the conversation where they're just trying to bury the hatchet, uh, Kelsey actually says, I don't even really like champagne. I love how much drama there was associated with this bottle of champagne for you to not even really like it, Kelsey. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I don't know that they necessarily buried the hatchet, but I feel like they're at least kind of letting it go for the time being. I mean, there's so much other drama going on right now that clearly the two of them is at least hitting the pause button for, you know, the next day or so here. The new rivalry in town, albeit potentially short-lasting, is Sydney and Alea. Yeah. And I'm just going to let you have at it. You know, I don't even know if we can just call it a rivalry, really, because I think it's so many people that are against 
Alea in the house. I mean, you've got Sydney, who's you know the the precipice of all of this. She's really the one who's stating her piece. But we can clearly see as Peter's talking with other people in the house, many of them share the same sentiment. They just didn't have the guts to say anything about it or didn't think it was their place. Which, if that's the case, respect. I don't really think it is. But we also see this whole aspect of. <clears throat> Victoria having a background there and sharing some thoughts. So I don't know if it's just a rivalry or if it's just going to be like a house free for all. But we just saw the previews for next week, you guys. And I mean, she was ousted, but apparently she's back even without a rose. So we're going to see some more of Leia, which is certainly something that's going to make for some good TV. Yeah, pretty exciting there. On one hand, I could definitely see where they would say that there's some fakeness there but you do kind of feel bad you kind of like to let people ride and die on their own merits and maybe she didn't get the chance to do that so I guess we'll see I did find it weird that in the rose ceremony of the people ousted she was the only person whose name I knew yeah that's one of those things that just kind of happens in some of these early shows, there's definitely people that you just can't pay attention and get to know all of them. There's not enough story with all of them, so some of them fall away. Um, What I really thought was interesting, though, is that Peter was so conflicted in that rose ceremony and decided to have Chris Harrison take one of the roses away. And that's obviously not something that Chris just did offhand. That happened after his conversation with Peter. So my question is, Peter, if you're that conflicted, if you're that unsure, why not give her a rose so that you have the opportunity to figure it out more for yourself? I feel like that's a decision that you don't regret. We're not at the end. It's not that you're saying yes to her while you're very unsure. You're saying yes to getting to know her a little bit more. And I'll be honest, I'm not a big Alea fan, but I I can see some of what Peter would appreciate in her. And... I would have given him kudos for giving her a rose so that he could figure it out on his own terms. So you and me differ there. I suspect that Chris Harrison kind of went rogue with that one. I think he took a rose off the table and made Peter narrow his focus because Chris Harrison is a psychological mastermind. And by doing so, I think Peter realized that he wanted to get to know more of McKenna and he didn't have the same doubts about her. That he currently did about Alea. So, we do differ there. I think Chris Harrison went rogue, but I've been wrong before. I mean, let's face it. At the end of the day, it's Chris's house. suppose he can do what he wants. So, that's certainly an option. Um, I would think that maybe McKenna was intentionally going to be the last rose. I certainly felt like he um, had a good connection with her a stronger connection than some of the girls that he gave roses to earlier on. So I feel like that was kind of um, calculated in terms of the order, if you will. Yeah, I was very confused because all this time McKenna is crying and concerned and thinking that she's not getting a rose. And I've always kind of seen her as someone that she's riding for a while at this point, but I have been wrong. (laughs) It's a heck of a ride, man. We're just here for it. And then the other preview of for next week that's intriguing because I saw it back in the summer when Reality Steve was tweeting about it 
Victoria F. will be face-to-face with apparently someone that's her ex, country music star Chase Rice. And all hell is apparently going to break loose. So that's going to be pretty exciting. I won't talk too much more about what I learned, thanks to Reality Steve, during the summertime, but it's there in the Twitterverse for you, if you really want it. You know, you and I didn't talk about this too much. You just mentioned that, you know, you read something from Reality Steve about one of the contestants in this country star. And I started racking my brain, like, I wonder which contestant it could be. The last contestant I thought it was going to be was Victoria P. So I am quite shocked by that alone. I'm ready to see some fireworks there. To be clear, that one was Victoria F. I can't keep them straight. What can I say? That's fair. Victoria P., which, hey, nice segue. The, the, their date seemed to go pretty well. Ended, started with some line dancing, which is why I thought it might be... I actually thought tonight the country conflict was going to happen. It did not. They did some line dancing, had a great time, and the night ended in a B-52 bomber making out. Thoughts? It seemed like a a good date. They certainly seemed to enjoy themselves. I was a little surprised at exactly how much um, Victoria opened up on that date and shared some things. It just felt a little early for me, but... I mean, everything in the Bachelor world is really sped up, so I suppose you need to take that into account. Uh, I didn't realize that Peter was so big into line dancing and really that that cowboy type of feel. That was some new information for me, but certainly fun to watch. They got some moves. I was a little confused, though. I I mean, I I was looking while they were on the dance floor. I don't think I saw a single other guy on the dance floor there. I think it was, <laughs> swear it was like all women and Peter. Yeah, on the one-on-one day. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kept watching to see if you were. I was hoping to be able to point out and be like, "Nope." I was hoping I could point out for myself. Fair. Um, yeah, a couple surprises there. One, nothing about Peter has ever struck me as remotely country. So for him to have this line dancing love was a little surprising. But hey, nice to see another layer to old Pilot Pete there. You know, maybe we learned something new about him. Maybe there's another facet to his personality. But then, lo and frickin' behold, the night ends in a pilot hangar. I mean, it's Pilot Pete. We're on uh, flight school here. only makes sense. Yeah, it is still flight school. (laughs) And Pete refuses to take that away from us, so I guess that's a plus. And, yeah, the date went pretty well because... She ends up getting a rose, which I feel like at the end of one of those dates, if you don't get a rose, you're basically just waiting, waiting to get cut. Well, yes, usually on a, on a one-on-one, if you don't get the rose, that's you getting sent home, actually. Oh, well, I learned something today. Yeah, oftentimes that would be what happens there, but All right, I well. digress. Good to know. Appreciate it. So how much did you love seeing Demi back? Demi's a hell of a character. Was surprised that she had henchmen. But they played their roles and the the event was pretty funny with the pillow fight. Was actually surprised Alea won it, though. I questioned how the judging was done. I really want to know how the judging was figured out through all of that. 
Anytime Demi gets involved, I'm here for it. She's a great character. Just hilarious. Apparently now as henchmen, which, hey, whatever. So, you know, I look forward to her being on more stuff. Maybe she'll get her own Bachelorette. We'll have to wait and see. Well, any other final thoughts before we are done stealing you for a minute? I'm just really amped up for next week. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot to see. I love when the episodes give you a little bit of the behind the scenes where you're seeing um, Peter talk to some of the producers and things. So now that we've we've ended on this cliffhanger that we're on, I just want to see what's coming next. Yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a disaster. But I also think there's a lot of strong editing in that preview, so I don't think it's going to be anywhere near the disaster that we want it to be. But for the sake of good radio and another good Flight School episode, or maybe the first good Flight School episode, I'd be thrilled if it was. So we will wait and see. And with that, Kelly, thank you very much for letting us steal you for a minute, and we look forward to doing it again next week. Pleasure as always. And that wraps up another segment of Can I Steal You for a Minute? Thank you very much, Kelly. And now we put our eyes forward to next week. And from watching the previews, and I don't know how much of it you caught, but don't worry, I'm here. We pick each other up when one is down. But there was two absolute bombs in the preview. And we'll talk about the first one. And this was one that I saw Reality Steve, who follow him, people. Follow Reality Steve. Unless you don't want spoilers, then that's understandable. But Victoria F. and Pete clearly have a date. And they go to a Chase Rice concert. And what we find out is Victoria F. used to date Chase Rice. So I feel like that's going to take up a large chunk of the episode next week. And should make for for some pretty solid content for all involved. And I'm sure Pete's going to need to take a break at some point. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely think... Uh, that would be interesting. It has to be staged here, I would think. Uh, I don't know who Chase Rice is. I've never heard of Chase Rice. How are we randomly just going to have Chase Rice show up and have a concert? And on that date, he just so happens to choose out of how many girls do we have left? 15, 20? I got to go figure out what the tally is. Right, let's just call it 15 girls. Yeah, 15 seems solid. 15, you picked the one girl that actually dated Chase Rice. But that's not staged. Are you accusing ABC of possibly staging a reality TV show? I don't know if I can stand for that. I'm just saying it's it's extremely fishy. Uh, high suspicion. We, we, we can agree on that. I've definitely heard of Chase Rice, and I believe I've heard his music before, but I couldn't name a single for the life of me. But you can bet your ass it'll be playing when we open the show next week. And then the other the other nuclear missile that I thought 
was pretty well planned by ABC. T-Bone was equally disturbed. Ignore T-Bone and Oakley. There's just a nice man just walking his dog outside, and my dogs are about to lose their shit here. Good boy. But be quiet. <laughs> good boy. Um, we see a return of Alea. And we also see the girls just freaking out about it, and that looks like that'll be pretty divisive. That said, we all know how creative the ABC editors are, so it probably won't lead to anywhere near as much drama as we're hoping for here. But if nothing else, I'm sure it'll lead the girls of the house to freak out even more so than they needed to. Bombshell. My prediction. Alea comes back, tells Pilot Pete that she's pregnant. You can't rule it out. No, I don't think that's really going to happen. But. Oakley was freaked about the idea, though. Yeah, Oakley did not. Oakley was not on board with that idea. Uh, but, you know, my prediction going forward, uh, you know, let's just be honest. This episode sucked. There was really nothing to it. Um, you know, we've done our best to, you know, get something out. Pull, pull, we're, it's pulling teeth. I, I'm impressed we've dragged out what we did out of it. But this episode was terrible. It was trash. I've been hung over this whole podcast. <laughs> um, my bombshell, my really, I truly believe it, that one of these girls will get knocked up on the show. You can't, and, especially with the aggression that Pete is going at this thing with. And you gotta, you gotta think. How bad do you really want it? What's one way that I could for sure win? Get knocked up. There's, there's ways around it. I mean, I'm sure they have birth control pills handed out to every one of these girls. But hey, who says that one she doesn't slip in an Advil for a birth control pill and <laughs> just goes for it? I'll never rule out anything on the Bachelor. Um... I mean, I would consider putting down a dollar bet on it just because of the long odds. Could pay off pretty big time. But, yeah, I don't have any type of prediction to match that. Excited to see what comes out of the Victoria F. Chase Rice situation. And I'm already pissed off because this Alea thing is setting up to be something that right, right now, as we sit here, Waiting for the next episode. We think we can probably talk about it for a half hour next week. And it's probably going to be something stupid where she wishes him the best of luck and gives him a trinket from her childhood and disappears. And I'm just going to be pissed off about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, we're going to set ourselves up for failure here. I'm not selling this next episode well. But... For either of us. You know, it can't be worse than this previous one. So we can only go uphill <laughs> from that here. Yeah, the bar is low. So, you know, it, it's going to be better. Our our episode will be better. Actually, we were pretty good this week. We we got dealt a crap hand, and I thought we played it as well as we could. So, you know what? Bully on us. We're improving every week. Yeah, I think uh, this was definitely, you know, one of our top three episodes so far. I'll definitely say that. No doubt. It's, uh, it's on the medals. You know, real quick, Victoria P., you know, I called out, I questioned your traumatic childhood earlier. I was angry. I was emotional because 
I just don't feel good today. I was annoyed because my dogs were barking. Uh, I apologize. I'm sure you had a traumatic childhood. Childhood. I think you're a great woman. I think you have a great chance to win this show. Um, we'd love to have you on the podcast where I could formally apologize to you. Or you could just not listen to the podcast, the first 10 minutes of the podcast, and we could still bring you on. Um, second off, just want to shout out my dogs one more time, T-Bone and Oakley. You guys were good for about the first 30 minutes, the last seven minutes or so. You guys have been challenging. But T-Bone, I hope you enjoyed the 10 treats you ate during this episode. <laughs> Still an 11 out of 10. Good boys. Would absolutely recommend. So thank you all for listening to uh, Down Throwdown, this week's episode of Flight School. And lastly, we would like to thank our sponsors, Pedialyte. Uh, Pedialyte is the best cure for hangovers. Unfortunately, I do not have any here. <laughs> and I could have really used it to spruce up this episode. So Pedialyte, if you're listening, please send help. Send a pallet for our guy. Come on. But, yeah, I think that about wraps it. Yep, thank you guys for listening. And uh, look forward to putting out even more next week. This was episode 3 of Flight School.